Welcome to Parenting with Pam, with me, your host, Pamela Query. I am a certified hand-in-hand parenting instructor, and I am here to help you keep your cool while still getting your kids to cooperate, so you can parent in a peaceful way and actually enjoy being a parent. That means no more endless negotiating, lecturing, or explaining, no need for threats, bribes, or consequences, no more daily yelling. So if you want to create a peaceful home, I'm here to show you how. Welcome to this week's episode where I'm talking about 10 tips for raising children who actually like you when they grow up. So uh, this has been a super busy week for me. I delivered my Why Your Kids Won't Listen masterclass earlier in the week and I absolutely loved the energy and the interaction from everybody who joined me live. Uh, The replay has gone out to everybody who uh, registered and if you click on the link below, I'll put a link into the replay down below as well in case you want to catch that. Um, So I had my masterclass, then I opened my doors to my 12-week Peaceful Parent School and I'll tell you more about that at the end of this podcast and you can find all the details of that in the link below. This is where this idea for this week's podcast came from, was through the conversations that I've been having with parents this week. Uh, And I've been thinking a lot about what we hope to achieve as parents. Um, And I invite you to have a think now about, you know, what were your hopes and dreams of becoming a parent? Uh, You know, what what did you think about for your for how how you want things to be with your children, how you imagine parenthood to be, how you hope things will be in the future? Uh, And we can get so bogged down in the in the moment and whenever we're in the trenches of parenting that we can lose sight of the big picture of these big dreams and this big vision that we have for our relationship with our children. Um, And I know that there are so many interactions every day, so many opportunities to connect with our children, but it's also so hard to think clearly in the heat of the moment, to think clearly about what we want, what do we want out of this interaction, or what is the long-term impact that this interaction will have on the relationship that I have with my children. So, so often we're in there, we're in the trenches, we're just trying to get things done. Life can be really stressful, um, and it's hard to think that way and to think um, about the bigger picture. And then maybe later in the day, when we have a moment to reflect, we kind of think, oh goodness, I wish I didn't respond in that way. Let's take a little example of that. So let's say you are there with your child and it's the end of the day and everybody's tired. They're playing out in the garden and they won't come in from outside, even though it's time for bed. Or maybe they won't come up the stairs um, and get ready for bed. You're tired and you're vaguely irritated and you can feel the tension rising in your body. And you're just sort of thinking, oh, I just want this to go well. Why, why can't they just listen to me? Why can't they just why, why can't they just realize that it's bedtime now? We need to move on to the next thing. Why does everything have to be such a battle? Um, so in that moment, then let's just like slow it down a little bit and think about that interaction that, um, you know, you have some choices in that moment. And now often it doesn't feel like a choice because you're sort of swept along by what's happening in the heat of the moment. So um, and it often doesn't really feel like much of a choice whenever we're getting frustrated and our child isn't listening and we can get very um, drawn into to these interactions. Uh and we can really be swept away by the big emotions and we can find ourselves doing or saying things that we swore we wouldn't or that we would prefer not to. Um, but for argument's sake, let's say it's a conscious choice how we respond, okay? So there's a few there's a few ways that you might do this. So do you go for the bribe? So you kind of think, you know, you ask them once to come in, it doesn't work. So you think, okay, come in and I'll get you your favorite yogurt for supper. So you use some kind of a bribe um, to get them through the door. 
or maybe you go for the mild threat, you know, hands on hips, the stern look in your face, and you know, I, I'm I'm counting to three. If you don't come in after three, there's going to be trouble, or you know, you I'm going to start counting now. You've got until I get to three or until I get to five to get in the door, and you're not really even sure what's going to happen after that. Um, so that's the mild threat, or do do you think the other one um I thought of was, you know, the the do you try and desperately think of a so-called natural consequence? Um, so you might say, if you don't come in now, there's not going to be any time for supper, there's not going to be any time for stories. Or maybe, you know, you 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 punish your child and say, okay, that's it. You know, no more TV tonight. You've you haven't listened to me, you're not getting your screen time tomorrow, or I'm taking the Xbox away, or whatever it might be. Um, or maybe, you know, you try all of the above in sequence and when they still don't listen, do you shout either maybe out of frustration or because, you know, you lose control of your emotions and you end up shouting at them when you prefer not to? Or maybe you make a conscious choice to shout because it's the only thing that like actually snaps them out of, um, of refusing to listen to you. And it's the only way you can get them. It's only when you get cross that they actually say, oh, oh I better listen to, to mum now. I better listen to dad now. Um, and, you know, I've certainly done all of the above at different stages many times a day. Um, and But let's just zoom out for a little moment. Um, what is the bigger picture here that we are trying to achieve with our children in these moments? Um, and right now, when I'm talking about the big picture, I'm, I'm really thinking about the long term relationship that you have with your children. And there's there's lots more to this big picture. And I've done a previous podcast episode uh, about looking at the big picture of raising children who are, you know, good human beings in the world, who are kind and respectful um, and how this has the power to change the world. So that's the really, really big picture. But this time I'm looking at the big picture, but keeping it closer to home, looking at that long, long term relationship with and um, with your child. Um, so what is the big picture you are aiming for in terms of your long term relationship with your child? So, and, you know, this is the this is the theme of this podcast is like, do you want to raise a child who actually likes you when you're an adult, who you have a close relationship with, um, who you have mutual respect there? Um, and, you know, maybe now is a good time to pause and reflect about the relationship that you have with the adults who were important in your life, your parents. Maybe it was your grandparents or maybe a significant other adult who was involved in your care. Um, and I invite you to think about those relationships and which ones, which relationships really stand out to you? Um, which relationships did you have a really close bond or maybe there was parts of those relationships that you felt very safe and very close to the, the people that cared for you? Um, and maybe, you know, which relationships are far from healthy or far from close? Which relationships were really difficult for you? as a child growing up and then maybe now in the present those same relationships how are those relationships now um so if your relationship with your parents or whoever you were close to as a child are strained or difficult you know maybe take a moment and think well, you know why is that what is it about that relationship that is difficult um, and what would have made a difference to you in those relationships when you were a child and you know a parent told me recently that uh, you know, she only spoke to her own parents out of a sense of obligation um, and she would feel the guilt. You know, she would she would speak to her her parents and then, you know, she would that would be it for the week. And then towards the end of the week, she would start to um, feel guilty um, for a few days and then she would reluctantly call them or visit them. And she was very much doing it out of obligation and guilt. And um, she didn't have a close emotional relationship with her parents. Uh, she didn't openly share information 
with them about her life, about what was going on for her. Um, and she didn't certainly didn't turn to them for emotional support. And yes, of course, she said that she, you know, she loves her parents deeply, um, but she didn't really like them and she wasn't close to them in any meaningful way. And her concern was that she did not want her own children to grow up with that attitude towards her. She wanted to make sure that she was going to raise her children um, in a way that she was she was close to them emotionally, not just on a practical or physical level, but and that she was emotionally close to her children, that that they, they had meaning to their relationship. Um, and, you know, that got me thinking about what does that mean? What does closeness mean in a relationship? What is it about a relationship that makes us feel close to somebody? And, you know, for me, just some thoughts I have on it is that closeness comes from having shared experiences, of course, and spending time together. But more than that, of being intimate on an emotional level. So not just physically spending time with somebody, but having an idea of what their experience is and being aware of that experience. Um, and for especially for children, I think it's really well for all of us, not even children, but um, I think it has more of an impact on a child is um, in a relationship, the importance of really feeling seen and heard of having somebody that, that gets us and that, that really gets your experience and can enter your world and see things from your point of view um, and somebody that really validates your feelings that allows your feelings to be um to be expressed and is okay with that and not only that but validates your feelings and doesn't dismiss them so that your experience is really taken seriously you know what you feel matters what you think matters what you have to say matters and I'm going to pay attention to that and I'm going to notice that and I'm going to respond to that um and you know having a close relationship means you know, feeling accepted by the other person and not feeling judged of being loved unconditionally and what that means is that you know no matter what you do I'll still love you um and no matter how hard things get I'll still love you and no matter what happens when your behavior gets difficult or tricky or you're struggling with things I'm not going to judge you for that I'm going to keep on loving you um and you know children have that strong sense when another person um knows or holds that view that you know you as a child you're doing your best that um, the parent is there cheering for you. They're on your side. They're thinking the best of you. Um, and, you know, I think closeness as well is, is someone who tries to understand you and wants to hear about your experience, is interested in that experience. So for me, that's that's all the qualities of a close and intimate emotional relationship with somebody. Um, and all of these lessons are learned in early childhood or all throughout childhood. And... Um, these relationship dynamics that we have with the people that we're closest to are laid down very early in life. So, you know, what can you do to create a relationship with your own child that will really stand that test of time? And so that you're, you know, that as your child grows up into an adult, that they want to spend time with you. And it's not just out of a sense of obligation to. And I think if you have all these pieces in of the puzzle in that I've talked about, about that emotionally close relationship, then um, you know your your child will want to be close to you um that you've you've laid that foundation you've laid the building blocks of that relationship and that's going to last throughout a lifetime because when you think to those people that were most important in your life those are probably the values that they had they listened to you they saw you they heard you they got your experience they, they didn't judge you they didn't try and dismiss you um, and they accepted you for who you are okay so how can we do that and uh, so I, I've, I've come up with 10 tips to um, to, or you know they're really 
they're really suggestions or ideas that I've had and I invite you to think about them and to to see and I'm sure that you're doing so many of these already in your own parenting but I think it's really good just to highlight that especially because we can often we often focus on all the things that we get wrong in our relationships with our children that it's really good that you know when I talk about these ideas they may well be things that you do really well and do very very often and just to to acknowledge that and say yeah there's so much I'm getting right we don't often think about these small interactions that we are getting right so much of the time with our children. So I want to celebrate that as well. Okay, so let's get to it. Number one, number one thing I thought of was certainly connection. Connection is the glue of the relationship, is the very foundation of all our relationships. So um, but you can do that with your children by finding ways to connect with your child every day. And what that means, what that looks like is uh, some time, a small amount of time where you're not interrupted, when you're focusing on them without all the distractions, without your mind being somewhere else. And it could be just for as short as one minute. It could be 20 minutes at a time. Um, and, you know, that's what children crave most. And it's the foundation of every relationship that you are there and just taking that time, because sometimes we can just get swept away in the busyness of every day that you can pause and be mindful for a few minutes every day and just really see your child hear them beam your love onto them so they really feel it um and just notice who they are and accept them for who they are and see their goodness without trying to change them and a great way to do that is through one of the hand in hand tools which is special time but you can do that in many other ways as well of just joining your child in whatever they're doing maybe just when you're even if you're on a car journey of just you know really focusing on them and put, putting all your attention on them and just noticing them being with them so it's just you know tweaking that time that you have with them and making it really intentional and making it a time of connection okay so number two is to focus on your own emotional development and your own emotional intelligence. Because the thing is, the more um, you're able to recognize your own emotions and um, to be aware of your feelings, your emotions and be with them, the more you'll be able to be with your children's emotions. So um, that's so important that the higher our own emotional intelligence is, then the higher your child's emotional intelligence will be as well. And, you know, this is a this is a learned skill. And I know it's really hard because I feel that I've been trying to learn, trying to grow my own emotional intelligence while simultaneously trying to teach it to my children. But I always notice the more I up my own skills that automatically passes on to them. Um, if you if you don't have any idea how to grow your emotional intelligence, then a great place to start is with listening partnerships, which is one of the hand in hand tools and um, where you get to talk to another parent and you get to talk about things about your own experience. And they listen without offering advice or their own view on things or without judgment. And you get to start to reflect on what's going on for you. And that that's really the start of building your emotional intelligence, because you start to become more aware of your inner world and um, you start to reflect on it. You'll naturally start to reflect on the things that are difficult for you, the things that and how, where that where that comes from in your life, what 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 those experience, you know, what happened in your early life to give you those experiences. Um, another way, if if you're not ready for listening partnerships, another great way is journaling. Um, and, you know, you can start reflecting on your own childhood, on the relationships 
and um, that you had and what was good about them what was bad about them the more we reflect on those type of things the the more awareness we have and then the more into emotional intelligence that we develop um so that's number two number three is um i really love this one and that is to come from the point of view that your child is always doing their best in every single situation and that you are as well that everybody in fact is doing their very best with with what they have with the uh with their own abilities and their own capabilities and their own resources that every person is doing their very best in every single situation and if you're a, fa a fan of Brene Brown she talks about this a lot um I love it um and it, it's a bit of a practice as well to to, to always assume that um, your child is doing the, their best, no matter what their behavior is. And it's good to notice, like if you react to your child's behavior, you know, just to pause for a minute and say, why, you know, if they're doing their best, if this is their best right now, <laughs> what's going on for them? So let's say your child like chucks all their, spits their food out or chucks all their food on the floor. You know, instead of, of seeing it from your own point of view, which is like, why are you doing this? This is bad behavior. Um, if you start to see it from your child's point of view, you know, why, why is this the bet? Why is this their best at the minute? And what could be going on for them, assuming that they're doing their best? And suddenly it isn't bad behavior anymore. You know, maybe the texture is strange for them. Maybe it tastes different. Maybe you prepared it differently. Maybe they aren't actually hungry. Maybe they had a hard day at childcare and they don't know how to express it to you. And it's coming out through their behavior. So there's lots of different options that it might be. Um, but naturally, as as humans, we're awfully we're often drawn to the one that's about that's about us. Um, so, and that leads me on to number four, which is don't make it about yourself. <laughs> so, um, and put yourself in your child's shoes as much as you can. What else could be going on for them? There's any number of possibilities, and it don't, we don't have to make it about ourselves all the time. Um, and uh, that gives us that gives us some insight into why our child is behaving that way and we can look at it with a whole lot more compassion and understanding when we do that so um and if you are having a big reaction it's so important to look at yourself first and the thing is that your child's behavior is just the trigger nine times out of ten they're just being a child but you have had this big reaction and that's not it's not your fault and it's not their fault um and you're doing your very best too in this moment but I think it's for us, it's our responsibility as parents to um, to work out those kinks, to work on those triggers so that you don't keep coming up over and over again at the expense of your relationship with your child. OK, so number five is. What I would say is the, the small things are the big things, so the, the things that seem really small for our children um, are the really big things for them. So um, it's really important to take children and their feelings seriously. So a great place to start with this is to notice how you respond to your child. If they come in with like the smallest little thing that they're upset about, you know, if, they, if they've been playing um, or if you've collected them from childcare or if they've been playing with a friend and they come in and say, oh, my friend said something mean to me and I'm so upset. Like, what is your natural reaction to, to that? Um, just notice what you normally do. And so often, um, I think we've just been socialized or it's how we were responded to our automatic response is to dismiss or to minimize um, a, a child's experience. You know, we say things like, oh, it's not that bad or you'll get over it. Oh, don't be so silly. I'm sure they didn't mean that. Um, and, 
you know, I think it, it comes from a good place and that we just want our children to feel better. And we as adults can see that it's not a big deal, you know, in the bigger picture of life, that it's not a big deal. But for our child in that moment, it is a really big deal. And what we can do instead is to validate them. Um, and to take it seriously what they're saying and so this is all about entering into their own experience again so instead of of telling them it's not so bad you can just say oh that sounds really tough you know I'm sorry I'm sorry she said that to you yeah that's really hard and you don't have to fix it either you just acknowledge it and if there are big feelings there that go alongside that then that's okay too. You you don't have to fix those big feelings. You just have to be there to listen to them, to accept them. You're not trying to wash them away or push them to one side or get rid of them. It's okay. It's safe for your child to feel those feelings. So I invite you to, to notice that, to notice how you respond to your ch child in those little small interactions. And the thing is then, whenever you start to notice and start to validate these small experiences, then that will give your child permission to bring the bigger things to you as they get older, that they know anything that they bring to you, you're going to take it seriously, you're going to listen to them, you're going to validate it. So I invite, I invite you to do that. And like I said, this is a practice, like this is a, so often I catch myself slipping back into the, oh, don't be so silly, you know, get over it kind of attitude. Um, and I have to, you know, catch myself and um, and I, I, I remember, and then it gets easier, it gets easier, but it's so easy to slip into these patterns again. And, you know, that's why parenting is a practice. We just do our best in the moment. Okay, so number, we're on to number six, um, and that is listen more and advise less. And I think that this is something that I'm certainly guilty of. It's whenever our child is struggling with something, we immediately go into this sort of fixing, advising mode. We want to, we, we have the wisdom, we have the wisdom of being on this on this earth a lot longer than they do. Um, so often we don't take the time to listen and we just want to jump in and fix something. You know, why don't you just go back out there and, and tell them you're sorry? Or why don't you just go back out and, and suggest another game to play if, if, you've, if, you, if you can't agree on the game? Um, so we're very quick to jump in with advice. And the thing is that only, only your child knows best what is right for them and what's going to help them. And often they need to sort things out in their own way. And the best way we can do that is to is to first of all to listen, to listen to what they have to say without judgment, without advice, without interrupting them. Let them share with you what's going on, what they're struggling with. And then often, I think about nine times out of ten, you'll find that your child will figure out a solution by themselves. And it can be a really lovely process of just listening to them, acknowledging it and saying, yes, that's hard. And then waiting for them to come up with their own solutions, which can be really interesting and really creative. Um, and often that's all you need to do. Uh, and it also takes the pressure off that often you feel, you know, if there's some kind of conflict or something goes wrong or your child's struggling, that you feel that you have to fix it. You have to think of a way of sorting it out. Uh, whenever really the best thing you can do is listen and allow your child the opportunity to figure it out themselves. And yes, of course, if they ask you, uh, how can, you know, what do you think I should do? Or I need some help with this. What, you know, what ideas do you have? Of course you offer them and you say, well, you know, I've got a suggestion if you would like me to share it with you. So you, you know, you give them the opportunity to say, no, thanks, I'm doing fine myself. Um, and uh, yeah, so of course you can offer advice, but give them lots of opportunities um, to uh, express themselves first and to figure things out themselves. And that will give them the sense of being 
of being seen, of being heard, of um, of uh, that empowerment of being able to uh, make decisions themselves. Uh, and that's going to bring emotional closeness to the relationship. So number seven is to, as much as possible, to move away from relying on threats and bribes and punishments and rewards as your go-to parenting strategy. Now, this is a whole podcast episode in itself and something that I'm going to revisit later on in this season. Um, and just to put it really briefly, that this idea of punishments and rewards, it comes from this behaviorist model that we need to you know, punish bad behavior and we need to reinforce or reward good behavior. Um, and the, the the issue with this is that our interactions with our children become very much can become transactional, that they become motivated of what's going to happen to them as a consequence. Um, and that's what drives their behavior instead of having this intrinsic motivation that comes from a place of, you know, I know I'm loved no matter what. Now, what is the right thing to do in this situation or what do I really want to then connect it to themselves? So but like I said, there's so much in this whole um, idea of 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 parenting without punishments and rewards it's absolutely possible um and you know yes it, you can absolutely do that and i'm going to definitely going to talk about that in more depth in another episode uh, number eight is to give your child autonomy over decisions about themselves as much as possible so that you're not doing to them all the time, that, that they get to make decisions about themselves. And that's really going to help them to feel seen and feel heard, feel validated as a, as a person and uh, accepted as a person as well. So that could be things like um, allowing them to choose what they wear, um, allowing them to choose maybe when they eat or what they eat. I mean, maybe you need to have set times but to respect your child's hunger cues so you don't force them to eat uh, things that they don't that they, either they don't like or they don't feel like at, at that time um another one is uh you know and this falls into sort of consent as well you know whenever uh, you're taking a photograph of your child to ask or somebody else's to ask them if if it's okay and to respect their decision if they say no that I don't want that to be to be willing to accept that as well which could be really hard for us as parents I know that um but all of this is about really seeing our children as people that have the right to make decisions about themselves and about the things that happen to them in their lives um and you know this can get really tricky when it comes to things like um the, you know to value judgments over what our children might wear what they how they choose to present themselves to the to the world how they choose to spend their time if they're struggling with things like attending school that can be really difficult we sort of have to ask ourselves really difficult um questions about you know um how far you know how far can we exert our influence on our children and how far do we let them choose for themselves and that's a very individual thing for parents to decide okay so number nine is um taking responsibility for the times that we lose our temper with our children and you know because we all we all lose it with our children from time to time um some more frequently than others um, and that's, you know, that that's absolutely, it's part of parenting. We're only human. And it, it's, it's, 
I'm not saying that it's okay. Of course, nobody wants to lose um, their temper with their children, but you know, it's 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 part of life, and we all have different stressors going on in our in our lives. We all have um, different amounts of trauma in our system, and so our nervous systems are wired very very differently in terms of how um, how calm and grounded we can remain whenever things get difficult. So I think it is important to acknowledge that. Uh, so. This isn't about how often you lose it or whether you should lose it or not. Of course, we're all we're all trying not to. We're all, we all aspire to be calm and um, patient with our children as much as possible. But the reality is that sometimes we do lose it. Um, and what do I mean by taking responsibility for that? That means for me, the first step of taking responsibility is um, to the idea that, you know, I'm responsible for my own feelings. Um, that what my child is doing has just that understanding that what they are doing has triggered a big um, reaction in me. And this is about my old stuff that's coming up in the present. It's not about what they are doing. Um, so I, for, for me to take responsibility for that, I need to apologize whenever I'm feeling calm again. But it also me, it's more than that. Um, for me, it's also about doing the emotional work. So you don't keep getting triggered by the same thing over and over again. So that you can hand and heart say to your child that I'm really sorry, I'm working on this and I'm trying, you know, this is a difficult thing for me. Um, you haven't caused it, it's not your fault. I've got some big emotions coming up. I am taking this to my listening partner so that I can work on this so I don't keep getting cross with you over this thing over and over again. So for me, that's what taking responsibility is. And um, finally, number 10 is not to lie to your kids as much as possible, like not even white lies, um, that they can handle the truth. It's so easy to, uh, going back to that example I had at the beginning of how you choose to respond to your child, that often we can decide to tell like a half truth or lie to our children or um, in many different situations. And for some of that is to try and just get our child to do what it is we want them to do because we're at the end of our tether. And I totally get that. I've been there. Um, and then sometimes it's, we're worried about them. We want to protect them and we don't want to tell them the truth because we don't want to upset them. And I think it's really important in any relationship that there is honesty there um, because that really builds the trust in the relationship. So that so as much as possible, you know, you, you tell your child what's really going on. Um, example I have of this is whenever we we had a dog for we decided to get a dog it was a rescue dog so we had it on trial and the, there was some there was some uh, the issues with the dog around separation anxiety and things and the dog wasn't settling into the family and we we eventually get the dog back and it was really difficult you know I wanted to make up all sorts of things to tell my kid to make it um to make it easier on them but at the end of the day, I decided to tell them the truth. I decided to tell them that, you know, I was struggling with the dog. The dog had issues and I had made a decision that I couldn't take care of the dog and I needed to send the dog back. And they had huge feelings about that, both of them. They were very upset. Um, and I could have, you know, I could have kept the dog just out of fear of upsetting them. Um, but I decided to tell them the truth and they could handle the truth. They were really upset and um, I did my best to listen and they did get through it and they learned so much from that experience. And it's okay for them to be upset. It's okay um, for them to have big feelings about whatever the truth is. You don't have to shy away from that. And I think that is really important part of building relationship with your children to have that honesty and, and truth at the foundation of it. 
um, and trusting that your children can can understand that because I think at some level children know when we aren't being truthful with them I think children have such a strong sense that they're in such close emotional relationship with us they we, we can't lie to them <laughs> they, they get it at some level um so it, it's for me it's more important to be honest with them and deal with the big feelings that come with that deal with the upset deal with the hard conversations that come with that rather than trying to hide things from them okay so that's number 10 there's a lot in there and I say all of this with the caveat that parenting in this way is very much a journey and it won't be perfect all the time and that is absolutely okay and um, for me parenting is such a practice that these are the the values that I aspire to and very often I mess up um, I I don't do it that way I fall back into old patterns I fall back into ways of parenting that I don't you know that I don't want to but what I do is what I try to do is I try to keep noticing I try to keep adjusting my responses when I can I keep apologizing I keep showing up to do it over and over again I keep doing my own emotional work um, and it is far from perfect, but I keep these ideas as my guiding star. Um, I like to zoom out and think of these interactions um, of, you know, how do I how do I want to respond to my child in a way that is in integrity with how I want to parent? Um, and then to be really forgiving of myself whenever it doesn't work out that way. But I'm always I'm always aspiring to that. And, you know, we have to retrain these neural pathways that we have these old ways of responding. And we gradually want to retrain them into these other ways of responding, of validating instead of of uh, dismissing our children, of listening to feelings instead of trying to just fix them and get rid of them, of, you know, of asking their permission whenever we do things with them, of of telling them the truth. You know, these are these new patterns that we are trying to lay down and we won't get it every time but we can go back and we can apologize and we can try again tomorrow the great thing about parenting is we have so many opportunities over and over again and um, to try these new ideas and to embed them into uh, into our parenting and it gets easier with time it gets easier with time to do that um so I hope that that's given you some things to think about and as I mentioned at the beginning these thoughts and these ideas came to me this week as I was thinking about the long term outcomes of my peaceful parents school. And like I said, I always like to zoom out and think about this bigger picture. And yes, we want parenting to be easier in the moment. And yes, it can be easier to tell a white lie or to use a bribe that will get them into the car quicker or whatever it is. But there is a long term cost to that. So we need to keep these long term goals in mind, too, whenever we have the space to do so. Um, and the great the, the great news is, is that connection based par parenting, it really builds cooperation for the right reasons. Um, and so we can have it both ways. We can get our kids to, to listen and do what we want and cooperate. But we can also do that in ways where our children can stay connected to themselves. They can grow up to be uh, intrinsically motivated instead of looking um, at an interaction as in what's in it for them or what are they going to get out of it. And we can do that in a way that they feel seen and that they feel heard. And even when you have to say no, that you can still say no in a way that your child feels seen and heard and acknowledged. And we can hold their feelings safely so you can support them through their upsets. So they learn that they, they don't have to hide their feelings from you, that they're accepted, whether they're angry or whether they're frustrated or whether they're, um, whether they're happy or joyful, that all the feelings are welcome. And this is the basis of a close and lasting relationship. 
And this is all these ideas. It works best whenever we have support to implement them. We have we need a lot of emotional support as parents. Um, and we also need the accountability to keep showing up and keep doing this work. So um, my invitation for you is to join my Peaceful Parent School. The doors are now open. We begin on the 21st of September. And you can click on the link in the show notes to learn more about it. I have a special discounted price and some bonuses for you if you sign up before this Monday, the 12th of September. If you've got any questions at all, feel free to get in touch and ask me about what it, how this approach might apply to you and your parenting. So thank you all for listening today and I'll speak to you all again next week. If you enjoyed listening, I would be so grateful if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever service you use to listen to podcasts. This will really help me to reach more parents. You could also share the podcast with any other hardworking parents you think might enjoy it. Thanks for your support. Would you like to get your kids listening so you don't have to shout and instead you can start enjoying being a parent? Then pop along to my website, pamtheparentcoach.com or follow the link in the show notes to get signed up to my next virtual masterclass. See you next time.